0: How does NIL impact your ability to both
1: both attract and retain talented players at K-State? Yeah, well, to me, the most important part is retaining, right, because with the transfer portal and, um, you know, they said everyone could transfer one time, and now all of a sudden you can transfer twice and play, and I I think very soon they'll say you can transfer as much as you want to, right? Um, I don't believe we have guys on our campus who would leave if the playing field is level. But I do know we have guys on our campus that are going to be pursued. Coach Drew gave me ownership uh, of things, and because he gave me ownership, and I loved him and loved our program and felt like, you know, he never treated like his program as our program. Man, I I was all in on it. K-State family, thanks for tuning in to this
0: episode of Cats Talk, hosted by Wildcat NIL. We hope you enjoyed the conversation. Be sure to like, comment, or subscribe wherever you find your podcasts, including Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. Please also follow us on social media. Your support makes it so we can continue to put out these podcast episodes. If you're looking for more information on NIL, please visit www.catsnil.com. Thanks for your support. And go Cats! Excited to announce our next guest here on Cats Talk, hosted by Wildcat NIL, none other than the reigning Naismith Coach
1: of the Year, Jerome Tang. Coach Tang, we're we're thrilled to have you on here today. Thanks for being with us. Well, um, it's an honor to be here. Thankful, very excited about uh, Wildcat NIL and uh, moving forward, uh, being cutting edge with this thing, and so appreciate all you guys' hard work. Now, Coach, start off on a more lighthearted note. Two
0: of your former players just got just were, were announced that they're going to be in the, the G League All-Star Game, Marquise Noel and Keontae Johnson. Obviously, those are guys who I think mean a lot to you and, and, and are prominent, prominent players in the, in, the, in the history of K-State basketball. How
1: excited were you when you found out that Keontae and Marquise are going to be playing in the All-Star Game? Man, uh, so fired up. We've been... Uh... Tracking it, actually, and uh, voting every day, and man, really appreciate our fan base who, uh, like, I mean, jumped on board and supporting these guys, and then, obviously, the Thunder fan base and the Raptors fan base played a big part, but those guys' accomplishment, their play... Also got him in the game. And uh, we was just on FaceTime with Keontae, and you know he had a big smile on his face and asked him if they were going to be on the same team, and he thought there was a chance. And so excited that they get to be in Indianapolis for All-Star Weekend and uh, just represent themselves, their families, and our university.
0: Absolutely. And, and Keontae, I, I, they're both special. I mean, their stories are both incredibly special. But Keontae, I mean, he's a guy who when you when you came to K State, I think there, you know, from Keontae's perspective, he didn't know if he was ever going to play basketball again. So for you to to bring him in here and him have the year that he had last year, and then and then ultimately now make it to the NBA and play in a G League All Star game, can you just talk about what kind of what his what what his journey looks like from your perspective and how how incredible it is
1: where he's come from, where he's at now? Well, I'm I'm very happy for him, uh, not just. Uh, because of this accomplishment, but he was very thankful for every opportunity that was brought his way and to be a part of this family. And every day at practice, he was thankful to be here. And I, I can say the same thing about Marquise that they were both guys who they just ate up everything that we threw at him and, and was so grateful for the opportunity that was given them. And uh, I mean, they just outworked everyone. And so, so blessed uh, that I got to be a small part of their journey, and now I get to be a, a cheerleader uh, in the rest of it. And they're both gonna have great NBA careers. This is just the start. I'm, I'm so excited for them. Absolutely. And I know as, for K State fans, it's. It-
0: we haven't had a ton in, in the past, but it's always exciting to see our guys go on and play in the NBA. So excited about the future for Keontae and Marquise. Now, I want to dive into your to your story, your background a little bit, because it is a it is a compelling one. You you know you you got your your coaching start at Heritage Christian Academy in in Texas and coached there for a decade before Scott Drew hired you um, at at Baylor. When you were coaching at Heritage Christian Academy, did you ever, did you ever think that, man, I, I really think there's a chance I make this jump? I mean, did, did, what, what did you think the future was like for Jerome Tang in the, in the mid-90s when you are at Heritage Christian?
1: Well, you know, Heritage Christian was my dream job. Okay. I, I wanted to be the youth pastor at a church that had a Christian school so I can coach the basketball team. And uh, I mean, actually two days after I verbalized that, uh, to the guy who was my mentor, Mike Allard, uh, Dr. Cooper called him looking for a basketball coach. Uh, and in less than a year, I was the youth pastor at the church as well as the basketball coach. They had a Christian school, and so I was living a dream. Uh, our second year, uh, we played in the, for the state championship, and the, the semifinals and the finals were held at Baylor University. And so, sitting on the bench at Baylor, Um, I remember turning to my best friend, who's my assistant, Torrance Hicks. And I said to him, man, this is a really cool place. Wouldn't it be cool to coach here? And and I told him, I said, I'm a coach here one day. And 10 years later, you know, I'm, An assistant at Baylor University. And so, yeah, uh, you know, God birthed the the vision in my heart and until he brought it to fruition, um, there was a lot of work that was put in and I loved my time at Heritage. Um, Wouldn't trade it for the world and really prepared me for what we had to do at Baylor and then obviously Baylor has prepared me for what we're going to accomplish here at Kansas State. Absolutely.
0: And so, so a decade or so at Heritage and then you go to you go to Baylor in 2003 with Scott Drew, and at that time, Baylor was mired in some scandal and hadn't been to the tournament in maybe 15 years. Can you explain how you and Coach Drew and, and your and the rest of your coaching staff elevated Baylor from? a team that maybe wasn't seen as a perennial contender to a perennial contender and a national champion. Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie-smart, vegan, and more. Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Head to factormeals.com slash cat talk 50 and use code cattalk50 to get 50% off. That's code cattalk50 at factormeals.com slash cat talk 50 to get 50% off. The meals are no prep, no mess factor is the perfect solution. If you're looking for fast upscale options done easily.
1: Yeah. Well, they actually hadn't been to determine in 20 years. Okay. 20, 20. And uh, so, I mean, our thing was that it was a wonderful place, you know, a private Christian university uh, with uh, a lot of talent within three hours of them you know and so uh we just had to find kids that fit our niche and what we were about and um there was never a there was never a time when I feel like like we didn't think we could accomplish what we wanted to accomplish I remember one of my very first phone calls was to Tweety Carter who's now on staff at Baylor was the first McDonald's All-American to sign at Baylor and I remember telling him um, standing on the court at Texas Tech less than 60 minutes before tip and i'm on the phone with them i'm telling they Tweety, one day you're going to be here at baylor and we're going to uh be on the road and it's going we're going to be ranked number one in the country and they this place is going to be packed because they're going to come see want to see us you know and then i remember the first time we got ranked number one in the country and we're at west virginia and uh It was just like, wow, I remember saying this all these years ago. It was 2017. It was the first time ranked number one in the country and just watching it all come to pass. So having a big vision and just working really hard and believing that that hard work always pays off. That was the thing about our staff. We were just together with a common vision that we could turn Baylor into something really special. And with the grace of God and his blessing on our lives, we were able to.
0: And now, obviously, a, a kind of a culmination of that was was the national championship you guys won. And I know that that you know at K State we all aspire to win a national championship here someday. Can you
1: explain what it what that national championship season was like? <laughs> it was unbelievable. Um, and but the the best part of it is like I don't look back on it. And um, you know, some people like achieve like what they think is the pinnacle in their career and then they they don't feel fulfilled by it because they were looking for that thing to fulfill them well my life was already fulfilled because my relationship with jesus christ and and the ministry that he gave me to pour into young men's lives and and so i was a fulfilled man i was i was happy as a husband I felt I was doing a good job with my wife great kids like I was I was fine so that was really like like icing on the cake kind of thing and and so I can think back on it very fondly of all the great times we had together with the players and even though it was COVID and and all the other craziness that was going on across the world it was just a wonderful time of relationship building with those players and with our staff and um Every time I think about it, I smile. And I, I know that we're going to accomplish that here at Kansas State. And, um, and it won't be the, the trophy or the win in the game that's going to be the great thing. It's going to be about all the relationships and all the wonderful experiences that we're going to have together and the joy that we're going to give our fan base, um, that they will be able to think back very fondly every time they think about it, about the wonderful people that helped accomplish that.
0: Absolutely. And I think we in in less than two years we've seen so much of that already. I mean, last year, I think a lot of us were, you know, fulfilled by the Elite Eight run. I know we didn't get to the pinnacle, but a lot of really a lot of really joyful moments in, in the season last year. During your nineteen or so years at Baylor, did you ever second guess whether you were ever gonna get your chance or
1: did you always know that that chance was coming? No, uh, there was a, a time when I was like, man, uh, maybe this won't ever happen. And um, and then I came to a point in my life where I said, "You know, God, if you want me to be an assistant for the rest of my life, I'm okay with that. I'm at peace with who I am as a man and, and the ministry that you've given me here. And if you want me to stop coaching and go into some other form of ministry, I'm okay with that too. And when I know when I was able to verbalize that and really mean it on the inside, I felt like something changed and, and God in his wisdom and timing opened it at the right place at the right time.
0: And so I guess a, a two-part question here, did you ever have, did other opportunities arise before K-State and what ultimately made K-State the right fit for
1: you and for your family? Uh, there was really no opportunity that ever arose before K-State. Right. And God closed the doors on them. And, you know, it's not good for your ego when people tell you no. Right. But you learn so much about yourself. Like, is it you know, are you really is this really about ministry? Is this really about serving people or is this about my own ego? And uh, so um, what made me pick K-State is Gene Taylor said, I want you. Right. Like if Gene Taylor had said. Uh, no, I've been back at Baylor. You know, what I mean, so so um, Reem always makes a joke uh, with, with Gene that he's the smartest guy in the room because he was smart enough to hire me, head coach. But I I think we can look across our campus and see what a smart guy Gene is because of all the great hires he's made.
0: Absolutely, and 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 we're thankful to have you and, Dr- and Reem and everybody else. Now you guys came here in the spring of 2022, and and after you know the portal after the portal turned over. You had just two guys on your roster in um, and Keese and in and, and Ish Masood. And so, and obviously we know, we know how it turned out. You went and filled out a roster that went on to the Elite Eight. Tell us about how you and your staff attacked the process of filling out that roster from two guys
1: to where it ended up. A lot of prayer, right? A lot of no's. Uh, we actually had to know we, we did 72 Zooms with recruits. Uh, to fill the 11 spots and so I mean 61 of them told us no and but we didn't wane like we knew like we our prayer was God send us the ones you want us to have and close the doors on the ones that you don't and uh, felt like every guy that, that we got you know God wanted them here uh, either we needed them or they needed us and we say we feel that way about our roster right now.
0: And I've heard you say this before and it's always it's always been intriguing to me but how many of those 61 that said no came around later and said, man, coach, I know I missed an opportunity?
1: Yeah, no, I got a ton of um, congratulatory text messages and, hey, man, coach, I messed up. There was a lot of them. And so, uh, <clears throat> you know, um, this, this place embraces everyone, but not everyone is for this place. And uh, we, we want the ones that are going to really um, – Embrace all that it's about and, and represent the values that, that our city, our community, our university stands for. And um, so that, that that's really intentional in how we do that.
0: Now, we talked about some of what you've already accomplished at K-State and you have accomplished so much in a short time. What goals do you have for K-State, both for the rest of this season and, and moving into the future?
1: Uh, and we, we start every year. Um, uh, trying to figure out how we can win the last game, right? And uh, um, that, that would mean getting to the NCAA tournament and then making a run in it. And um, I believe we can be the kind of basketball program that consistently competes for Big 12 championships and national championships. And, uh, you know, obviously things happen during each season. You have to adjust. But the, the goal at the start of the year is uh, to put a team together that gives us a chance to win the last game.
0: Now we're going to shift into some more lighthearted questions here, um, and, and you don't have to answer these if you don't want. But who who is the best player you've ever who is who is the best player you've ever coached? Wow, the best basketball
1: player that I've ever. Coached. And
0: there may be more than one because you've coached a bunch of good ones.
1: Ah, yeah, no, um, there, there, there's a, a slew of them that uh, you know um, that have been really, really talented and done a lot of winning. So it'd be hard to pick one.
0: Do you have a favorite player that you've ever coached?
1: I mean, I love them all. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. I, I thought you might answer that way. I thought you
0: might answer that way. What's your favorite restaurant in Manhattan?
1: Wow. Um, well, my mom and dad just moved from Florida to here. And um, so going to my mom's for dinner is my favorite thing to okay. do right now. Smart man. Smart
0: man. So... Your your parents moved from Florida to Kansas. How, how did they handle the recent the recent cold weather? Especially, we are, they, are they ready? Are they ready to
1: move back? Man, I, I thought I would come back from one of the trips and they would be gone. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy because uh, we the weather wasn't bad until the day they got on the plane to to fly here. Their stuff was already you know in transit and they're on the plane and um, somebody shows my mom what the temperature is going to be. It's like you know, minus whatever degrees, or we were expecting snow or something, and luckily the plane was already in the air when she saw it, because she did, she would have made it turn around. <laughs> she did turn
0: that around, huh? Yeah, I, I wouldn't have blamed her. Um, what's your favorite
1: tradition that we do here at K-State? Oh, man, the Wabash Cannonball. Okay. Uh, that is, that is you, a You've created
0: your own tradition by going and doing that man, with the students, I, I right? I just,
1: you know, the students, man, uh, our student body is special, right? And, um, not just the way they support um, the the athletic events, right? It's what they do in our community, right? And and all the different uh, philanthropies that they support and. I, I, there's, I've not, and I've been a lot of places, but I have, I don't think it's common to have this kind of synergy between the town and the university, uh, and it's because of our student body going out into the community and doing things to help make this a better place. I, I love our students, and you, I think it was, you know,
0: people often talked about how you embraced the student body. I mean, they embraced you, but you, you really went out and, and, and embraced our student body when you got here. And maybe you already understood that maybe there was a special dynamic there, but why was it so important for you and your staff to go out and embrace, you know, the the different frats on campus and the different student organizations on campus
1: and to really buy into them and turn so they may buy into you? You know, it's a little selfish on my part. Um, I have two kids who are students here at Kansas State and uh, neither one are athletes. And I would hope that across campus, People in authority, staff members, professors, um, that they will take a special interest in my kids. And um, if one of them's having a bad day, that they would be there for them or, you know, give them a a word of encouragement and let them know that they're supported. And because I don't get to be around them all the time. And and I so I try to do for one what I wish I could do for all. And. You know, our environment at games are different when the students are there. And they they do a great job of cheering. But if they know that they are part of our program and and how important they are to our program, I think they have a little different energy in how they cheer and support us.
0: Is it true that you gave out your phone number or you've given out multiple times your phone number to the entire student body?
1: Yeah, I have. Uh, One of the best pieces of advice I got was from Matthew Driscoll. He's the head coach at North Florida. And he said every year he gives his number to the freshmen tell them if they ever need him they can reach out to him and uh and so I I mean like I said I would hope that if my kids are in a situation that they need help that someone would help them and I want our if we say this is a family the K-State family then you know we have to be there to support because there are a lot of kids who are here and their parents are elsewhere and I want moms and dads out there to know that if their young person needs help with something they can reach out to me or my staff and if we can help we will help.
0: Of, of all the jerseys that that you've that K State has worn during your tenure here, which one's your favorite?
1: <laughs> oh man, the, the clothing stuff is always crazy to me because I, I I I didn't know there was a difference between the script and the the block letter, and I, I never pay attention to that. Like I know we wear white, I know we wear lavender, know we wear purple, and now I think we have like a, a this gray that looks black, but I'm colorblind, so it doesn't matter to me. I just like just tell me what to wear, I'll put it on, and then. Let's go have a good time.
0: I, for, I forgot that you were colorblind, <laughs> but, but but the jerseys matter to the
1: young guys, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it matters to them. And so whatever they feel good in, I'm okay with. Now, we, we were talking about the student body, and I guess I'll go back to that. Something
0: that's become really popular on campus and on social media is Hang With Tang. And, and and obviously a segment where you sit on a purple couch with members of our student body, and they ask you questions. How did that segment come to be?
1: Yeah, well, I... Uh... I wanted to do something that allowed me to be a part of the student body and spend time with them and wasn't quite sure. I like to cook. And so we thought maybe I could go cook in the cafeteria one time. You know, like we were coming up with different ideas. And then Ari um, came up with the idea of the purple couch and me sitting on it and interviewing students and them interviewing me and and then Cam also had some thoughts in that and they put it together and uh and i mean it was it was incredible it was a hit and then the the engineering department put some you know wheels on a couch and you know i got to drive it around so it, it's like taking on a life of its own but it is such a blast to, to get to know the students and um you know, just them get to know me and and find out I learned a lot about Kansas geography. I learned a lot about traditions on campus. And because our, our students are, you know, very very intelligent people who have, you know, great hearts. And, and it's always fun to, to spend time with them.
0: Who would you say your coaching mentor is or who are your coaching mentors?
1: Hmm. Well, obviously, Scott, uh, you know, um, and, you know, I have I've been blessed to to live life with some really great coaches. Matt Driscoll at North Florida, and Paul Mills at Wichita State, and Grant McCaslin at Texas Tech, and, you know, obviously Scott at Baylor, and, and those guys have uh, really uh, poured into my life. Uh, Dale Clayton, who is a big time NAIA and Division II coach, who's, who's retired, is a guy who, you know, pours into me. and. Um, Barkley Ball who just uh, resigned from Charleston Southern, is another guy who really pours into my life. So I've got a, a group of people around me who really help support me.
0: Now, obviously, with your position comes, you know, pressure, stress. Um, you know, there's there's with expectations. You know, comes comes pressure. I'm sure. How do you deal with the pressure of being a head basketball
1: coach at, at, at a school like Kansas State? And you know. Um, I know we we have to win games and and we're going to win games but i I don't see that part as my ministry like my ministry is to pour into our staff and help them like learn um work-life balance and how to be a great husbands and great fathers and and then within that community um, allow our guys to see what family really looks like, how we raise our kids how how we love our wives how how we treat each other you know and um, and in in turn because that 's the best mentorship you can give for these young men is is not tell them what to do but show them how to do it and how to live it and so that that 's really my focus and I feel like if you do those things and every day you do the right things and or the next right thing um, the the production will take care of itself on the floor you know and so um you know I, I i i know there's a a pressure but i don't think anybody on the outside puts more pressure on us to win than we do within our offices and and stuff but uh you know but the, the pressure i feel is to make sure that um Ream and yurik and marco and rod and you know adub carp you know frankie you know those guys phil and luke that that they they get to to love their wives and and raise their kids and uh, do it in a in a in a way that um that that there's balance there and their wives know that how much they are appreciated uh, for what they do for our program. You
0: know, to to fo- to follow that, you know, you you obviously have raised two kids who are now at K State. How do you, how have you, and how do you balance, you know, being a super successful college basketball coach and being a, a father um, and a husband?
1: <laughs> well, um.
0: we'll dive deeper into this conversation after the break. But before then, I want to tell you about our good friends at Homefield Apparel. Get on over to homefieldapparel.com and get your hands on some of Homefield's K State selection of over 40 items that are thoughtfully created by Homefield's team. I personally have several pieces from their k-state selection and i'm wearing my favorite home field sweatshirt today featuring an old school willie the wildcat home field apparel is incredibly high quality and comfortable apparel and there's something for everybody at homefieldapparel.com be sure to use the promo code CATSNIL24 when you check out to get 10% off your order. And when you use that promo code, Homefield will donate 10% of your order back to Wildcat NIL so we can support K-State student-athletes. Again, get on over to HomeFieldApparel.com today and use the promo code CATSNIL24.
1: I got a terrific wife. Ray's unbelievable. And she's done the, like the yeoman's work in... Uh, helping raise our kids, and um, she's done uh, like family vacations are like super important to us. And uh, we we've done some pretty cool things that Ray's planned and, and organized, and our kids look forward to that. And then, in fact, I was just talking to Alvin Brooks a few minutes ago. Um, he called. His question was, "How do you um, how do you win at home and and on the job?" You know, and uh, and so I, we talked about being intentional and being present and so that that's one of the things uh you know when i walk in the house i try to walk in with energy i'm never on my phone because um, a lot of guys they show up at home but they're finishing a phone call as they're walking in the door well you're really not home if that's what you're doing. Yeah. And I try to finish the phone call before I ever go in the house. I walk in the house with great energy. Uh, my kids know, like, if I don't say it, they'll, they'll remind me, but it's like, hello, 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 you know? And we bring great energy into the house. And I mean, I, when I'm there, I try to be present with energy and they know that I'm there for them. And, and that, I, I think them knowing that and that uh, daddy's happy to be home and excited to be with us, and and you know. And then Ray does a great job of giving me a little downtime after that. And uh, but we're real intentional about what we do with our children.
0: A couple co- coaching related questions how do you, how do you guys how does your staff handle substitutions do your co- do your assistant coaches handle that for you or do you guys collaborate on
1: on substitutions we talk about it going into the game who we feel is going to be the next guy up and things like that but uh coach marco born he handles the substitutions. Uh, Rod and Adub handle the offensive play call in and Yurik and Reem ha- handle the defensive stuff. And so they can focus in on that and then I can like focus on big picture of what I see. And um, But we talk about things ahead of time. And I, I love the fact that um, Coach Drew gave me ownership uh, of things and because he gave me ownership and I loved him and loved our program and felt like you know he never treated like his program as our program I mean I, I was all in on it and uh, just went the extra mile you know because he gave me ownership of it and I feel like in giving these guys ownership of things they go the extra mile for us
0: now I, I think and this may be more common than I than I realize but one thing that I've noticed is that when we go into a media timeout, your staff, huddles privately amongst just the staff before you then go engage with your players.
1: What's the philosophy or what's the thought process behind that? <clears throat> well, two things, uh, it's to allow those guys to talk to each other, right? The players. Um, and cause sometimes they get it worked out before, particularly last year, right? Like they would have stuff worked out before I sat down. I mean, uh, when you have leaders like Keontae and Marquise and ish, and those guys who have been through some wars, you know, um, uh, they they, they they would so when I sat down and, and then we were all on the same page and I started talking, they were like, Yeah, coach, we just said that you know, um that 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 was one thing. The second thing is that sometimes somebody in the staff um sees something and we always have the saying, if you see something, say something and it gives them a chance to say what they need to say and and then we can collaborate going in uh on what's best to help us win uh and I I don't uh I we I, we we always ask each guy to bury their ego, and we do that as coaches too, because someone may have the better answer or the better option, and I want to hear it and then be able to make the decision, and we're all on the same page moving forward.
0: Now shifting to to NIL, which is a hot you know it's a it's an always hot topic now in today's college athletics, and and obviously this this podcast is being hosted by Wildcat NIL. From your perspective what what should k state fans know about Nil or Nil,
1: how we do it at Kansas State? Yeah, um, it is the landscape of college basketball, right? Um, there was a time when facilities was the most important thing, and uh, you know there was a time when uh, you know, where your, your your TV sponsorship, So uh, diff- different, everything goes through seasons. Well, this is the season where we're at in college athletics where NIL is at the forefront. It is the most important thing. And um, uh, for us, we don't want to use NIL to get guys to come here. We just don't want it to hurt them from coming here. Like if we can be on a level playing field, I believe that we can get the best players in America to come and be a part of our family. Um, We play in the best conference in America. We have uh, the best coaches in America. Uh, We have the best venues in America, and we just happen to have one of the best, right, with our fan base and how we engage with our student athletes and the, the, the quality of life they get to live here. And there are elite, players across the country that want to be a part of this. And we don't want them to not be able to be a part of it because we're not on a level playing field um, NIL-wise. And this next question kind of goes hand in
0: hand with a couple of things that you just mentioned, but in in today's landscape, how does NIL impact your ability to both, both attract and retain talented players at K-State.
1: Yeah, well, the, to me, the most important part is retaining, right? Because with the transfer portal and, um, you know, they said everyone could transfer one time. And now all of a sudden you can transfer twice and play. And I, I think very soon they'll say you can transfer as much as you want to, right? Um, I don't believe we have guys on our campus who would leave if the playing field is level. But I do know we have guys on our campus that are going to be pursued, right? Whether you're allowed to or not, it happens, okay? Our guys have agents. People talk to agents who become a third party. And um, we we have multiple guys who uh, are going to pr- be pursued at the end of the year. And if we can be on a level playing field uh, or close, right, they would choose to stay because of the experience that they're having. And we're not talking about guys that want to go out and buy cars and jewelry and stuff. We're just talking about the opportunity for their families to come watch them play, you know, maybe be able to take care of some bills back home uh, for mom or dad or a single mom. And, um, you know, and and I I just, uh, with the nature of it right now, um, NIL is something that it, the young people should have been able to take advantage of their name and image likeness for a long time, and if it had done been done the right way early, it would really be nil. <laughs> you know, not what it's turning out to be. And as a coach, you know, um, I don't want it to be the thing that hurts us. Okay. And, and so I have to embrace it. And I, I know that there are some out there who, you know, think, ah, I don't know about it. But I, I'm just telling you, like, uh, there are some terrific young people, both in every sport on this campus, who uh, they want to stay here and they want to be a part of this. But there's also um, the market value that, that is out there and it's across the board and so we want to be able to compete and or be close and i think relationships will allow us to win if we're close
0: and obviously i've heard you talk about this subject a number of times but to to characterize a position i've heard you a position that i think i've heard you communicate is if we are competitive with nil then i feel really confident in our our ability to go out and win is that is that accurate
1: yeah uh, no doubt about it. If if we're competitive, we're going to be able to put a team together that can win a national championship.
0: So, Coach, um, you know, another thing that people often ask about is, is how do you manage your locker room with NIL being present or being a factor? How does that factor into how you manage your players in your locker room?
1: Yeah, no, that's a really good question. And, and it's, I am learning, okay? Because there's there's a process here in, in it happening because... The good thing is that everybody across America is having to learn how to how to deal with this at the same time. Nobody has an advantage or, or a head start on us. Um, we, we try to recruit the right guys, you know, to care about the right things and um, and then teach them how to handle their money and one of the biggest Best piece of advice I ever got was never tell anybody what you make, you know, and that's one of the things I pass on to these guys. And uh, it was something that I held near and dear to my heart until I came to K-State and they put my salary in the newspaper. So, um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, no, uh, if you have the right kind of guys, then um, they're here for the right reasons. And it doesn't become a conflict in the locker room. But we're very transparent in how we address the guys and, and what each guy has the opportunity, right? Like the opportunity is there for everybody. And, uh, we don't get to determine that, you know, you know, the, the companies do, right? Those who put this thing together and there's a, a market value for each guy. And, and so like, if you're, you know, if you take care of business, you're good in the community, you're, you know, you, you, you give back, um, you know, you're, you, you have a great smile and you carry yourself well. People are going to want you to represent them. And so.
0: Another kind of related question is roster building. You know, mm-hmm. I think at Baylor, you guys were successful because most years you guys had you guys had upperclassmen guards, upperclassmen on the team who were who were great leaders who, you know, they, they, they were tested. Um, and, and I think that that's important in, in college basketball. With the portal being so prominent and, and always having the ability and, and really the the need to go out and get upperclassmen guys, how do you mix that with still recruiting high school guys and bringing those guys in and developing them?
1: Uh, that, that's a great question and one that we are mulling over on how to do it. Um, we were successful at Baylor because we were able to redshirt guys, and they had a year to develop, learn the program, uh, every practice was their game day, and so they brought their very best at practice and so it made the other guys better. They got to see how smart of coaches coach was is with the game plan and and got to help us coach on game day as they're on the bench and and it just added so much value and now we there's very few options like that unless you're bringing in a guy that's a developmental guy and then know that you know, uh, a Dorian Finister and a, a Taj Manning, and so the the question is, can we get Dorian and Taj, uh, Jarrell, to their third year, right, with with limited playing time, but get them old enough so that we can uh, build from within, you know, and uh, so that that's the challenge as a staff to have the kind of relationship with the young people, with their families, and and tell them how they're doing and where they're going. And if we can do that, then we can get them to the third year. And then now uh, your older guys have three years in the program, not just older because they've played four years of college basketball. And that's where we want to get to. I, I I hope we can get there. I don't know if because of the landscape of college basketball that we're going to be able to get there, but we're going to do our very best.
0: Now last NIL question and, and- we had an event in kansas city before your game against wichita state and 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 you talked with the fans about you know sort of a a, a grassroots type effort to engage the fan base with nil obviously we know that that donors are, big donors are a part of this that local businesses regional businesses are a part of this but but tell us about you know this this was really your idea explain to our fans the, the, the message that you share with the, with the group of people who were at Ellie in December.
1: Yeah, no, um, man, I, I think we, a lot of people feel like I got to have this big chunk of money to, to give in order to have an impact. And we like to say everything matters. And uh, my goal is to have uh, 10,000 K-Staters give $500, right? 10,000 K-Staters give $500. That's going to put us at five million dollars that goes into the wildcat nil that then can be distributed to all the teams across campus and um i mean we're, you know you get to have a major impact with 500 and uh if it's 250 then let's get twenty thousand to do it right at 250 but um we're, that, that's a little bit more on your season ticket but what we are going to do with that is we're going to put championship programs on this campus and then it's going to bring the rest of the K-Staters out the woodwork because they want to be a part of it. And, and the, 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 the money will come rolling in for the Ahern Fund and for the scholarship funds and everything else that needs to be done. But I, I know we've got 10,000 out there that are willing to give $500 to say, hey, we're going to put us on a level playing field with everybody else, all the sports, and, and we're all, we will all be successful.
0: Couple, couple questions. Final questions, not nil questions. In your short time at K
1: State, what are you most proud of? Man, that's 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 a good question. Um, I'm proud of the fact that our students stopped the chant and uh, and they changed it, and and we have made it about KSU. Right. That that is one thing that I'm really proud of. Uh, The second thing that I was really, really proud of, and I I don't know if I was able to express it well enough, um, but we beat a top 10 team in the country on our home court the other day, and our students didn't storm the floor. And I was like, all right, we get it. We got, I got goosebumps. Yeah, me too, me too. Like that's, that, that was so cool and so, so proud. Of our students,
0: yeah, and and I think one, I, I don't think anybody ever thought that, that the chant would be stopped. So I think kudos to you for that. Um, you did it. You did it after one court rush, and then two. I think, you know, growing up, um, we were the, you know, we'd knock off a top ten team every every year, every couple of years, an inevitable court rush, and so I do think it's great to see the culture changing, and, and now that's expected. Whereas, you know, in years past, maybe that was that 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 was a, a an occasional benefit of, of being a K-State basketball fan. And so it's, it's, that's been really great to watch from my perspective. Last one, coach. I, I know that, I, I hope the end isn't anywhere near for you, but when, when your time is done at K-State, how do you
1: want to be remembered? Um, as someone who cared, I cared about everything that was K-State, not just the basketball program.
0: Well, that's it for our episode with Coach Tang. Coach, we really appreciate you being on here. I know you're busy as we're in the middle of Big 12 season. Wish you the best the rest of the season. Can't wait to watch this team continue to compete. And that's it for another episode of Cats Talk hosted by Wildcat NIL. Thanks, Coach. Thanks a lot. Go Cats. K-State family, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Cats Talk hosted by Wildcat NIL. We hope you enjoyed the conversation. And don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe or even leave a five-star review. And please follow us on social media. Your support makes it so that these conversations are possible. If you're looking for more information on NIL, please visit www.catsnil.com. Thanks for your support, and go Cats!